We're talking faith, focus, and how you rise from failure on today's brand new episode with Jordan Montgomery. My name is Jake Thompson, your Chief Encouragement Officer, and this is the Compete Everyday Podcast, a show designed to encourage and equip you with the tools to build a winning mindset so you can build your winning life. Text PODCAST to 972-945-9113 to join our Morning Motivation Club and visit CompeteEveryday.com for past podcast episodes and to learn more about our resources and gear for ambitious people who are ready to start winning. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, Competitor Nation. Today's episode, we get to welcome in Jordan Montgomery. He is a coach, speaker, and founder of the Montgomery Companies, a coaching and consulting organization. Jordan and I connected online. We have a couple of mutual friends and have both had the opportunity to serve the University of Central Arkansas athletes over the last few years. Jordan is an interesting guy. We, we get to talking today about his journey. More than that, we talk about how his failure became the catalyst for the journey he's now on. Uh, the, the theme, the funny theme that I've had for all of these October shows from the beginning is rising from setbacks and failures. When everybody else thinks you're counted out, your story is not over yet. And many times for a lot of us, the, the failures, the setbacks, the painful times, the difficulties... They're planting the seeds of opportunity that we'll be able to harvest one day. The only way we're able to make that harvest, to pull those crops out of the field, to seize those opportunities, is if we keep showing up during difficult times. Sometimes we may feel overwhelmed, like we can't get everything done, that we'll never make it all the way, but every one of us listening have the opportunity to make it through today. And today is all you need. Worry about tomorrow, tomorrow, and let the past lie where it is behind us. And I think today's conversation with Jordan is going to be such an encouragement for you. And I'm really excited to be able to share it with you. As we dive into the show, I want to remind you two ways to get in the show and support the show. Drop me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Say hi, share your thoughts on a recent episode. Heck, tell me what you learned in today's episode with Jordan. Shoot me an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And then you can join our Morning Motivation Text Club. All you got to do is text the word podcast to 972-945-9113. That's word podcast to 972-945-9113. I've got it linked here in the show notes along with all of Jordan's social media links and websites so you can give him a follow. But now, competitors, we are kicking off this brand new day with this brand new episode and a conversation with my man, Jordan Montgomery. Jordan, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Jake, thanks for having me, brother. It's a privilege to be with you. Yeah, looking forward to today's conversation. Uh, we connected. I'd reached out after seeing your work with Colin Henderson. I know you guys had a podcast conversation. Uh, and then saw you spent some time as well in Central Arkansas uh, with, yeah. with the squad up there. I had a chance to talk to those athletes a few years ago and thought, man, what a small world. Uh, they've got such a great athletic department. And so I was like, man, we need to have a conversation on life, leadership, and everything in between. And so one thing I'm curious about is you're someone that has built incredibly successful businesses. 
you spend time now speaking with high-performing companies, teams all over the country. What fuels you? Like what fires you up in the morning to go out and do the work that you do? Well, first off, let me say, Jake, that I love Colin Henderson, big fan of his. So he's a mutual friend of ours. Shout out to Colin. Love Central Arkansas. Just um, very much honored to do the work that I do with UCA. So, so cool that we share those connections. And um, also, man, I love the work that you're doing. So I just wanted to say that uh, with our audience listening. I know I've shared that with you already, but it's a privilege. I know you're fired up to do what you do, and I'm certainly fired up to do what I do. Uh, To answer your question, I would say I feel like God has entrusted me to lead and to empower and to encourage. I think he's instilled some things in me, given me a few things that I want to steward well. And so for me to steward the gifts that I've been given, it means that I roll out of the bed and my my, my feet have to hit the floor. And I don't, by the way, I'm not perfect. So I have a lot of days where I don't feel like it or I'm in a bad mood or, you know, for whatever reason, I just don't feel like giving a hundred percent. But I think knowing the Lord means that I remember the way that he's blessed me. And I think knowing the Lord means that I remember it's a gift. It's a privilege. It's an opportunity. It's an honor to go out and serve and impact people. And so that's really my drive and my motivation. Um, I don't have a lot of motivation beyond that. I mean, I want to serve my family. I want to serve the Lord. If I'm doing those two things, man, everything else could fall apart. If I have my family and I have my relationship with the Lord, then, you know, things are, things are good. So let me ask you along those lines, because there's a lot of people that can relate to, man, I don't feel like I'm motivated every day. I wake up some days in a bad mood. When do you remember the point in your life? And and perhaps it was, it was a big decision from a spiritual standpoint, but what do you remember the point in your life when you said what I was put here to do is more important than perhaps how I feel this morning? Oh man. You know, I feel like God's reminding me of that all the time. Um, literally, I just had a, a conversation today. I had a speaking engagement this morning and I had somebody reach out to me after the speaking engagement. And she, 10 years ago, um, had attempted to take her own life. And she has never really told anybody about that situation. Um, but because of the way that God positioned me this morning to speak to that group and uh, the way that he put us together in the same room, um, she felt compelled to share it. So literally right after the speaking engagement, she turned to her boss and said, Hey, I need you to know this about me. This is something that I've been through and I'm still dealing with it. And I've never told you. And it's moments like that, where I think, man, like God's at work and how I feel pales in comparison to what he wants to do with me. Um, and I'm thankful like to have those reminders. I think a lot of times those things happen and you never know about it, right? Like you just never, you never hear that, but man, when you hear that, like, how do you not feel more compelled, uh, to steward your gifts and to share and to empower and encourage. So, um, that's a long answer to a short question, but I think the, my response is it happens to me all the time. Like it just, I get to experience evidence of God's grace and his power working, you know, through people. And the one thing I love about how you said that is it's always done in movement. You're, you're doing things, you're taking action, you're following through pursuing that purpose. And then you to see those touch points of this reinforces why I'm continuing to do what I do. This reinforces why I'm here, why I'm showing up. Why if today I woke up and I was frustrated and, and didn't really feel like doing the keynote, I still showed up and do my best. This reinforces why I do that. 
think a lot of our lessons are found when we're taking action rather than just sitting in neutral in, in life, waiting on things to happen to us. You don't seem like an individual that ever sat around and waited very much. You've built obviously an incredible organization, Montgomery Companies. How did you get to that point? Where was the decision to go off and build your own organization? What well, happened for me through failure, uh, it happened through loss. You know, I don't know if it's Greg Rochelle or who said it, but sometimes your deepest hurt can become your greatest ministry. And so for me, our, our ministry, our work came out of uh, a really deep hurt and a really deep failure. I was 27 years old. I felt like at the time I was sort of on top of the world. Um, I was speaking, you know, multiple times a week, flying all over the country, leading a really big financial services firm, big team, um, having a ton of fun. And at 27 years old, I was fired from my job. Uh, I had a staff member on my team that took a test. I didn't report it. Uh, I didn't do anything like intentional or malicious, but I was very casual. And when you're casual, you create casualties. And on the day that I was fired, I was the casualty. And I was just running too hard, too fast, living for the ways of the world. And I don't think God caused it, but I think he allowed it to happen. And I think he had a better plan for my life. I think he had a bigger plan for my life. And I think at a certain point you go, what am I really living for? And um, man, I was storing up treasure and riches that were not going to last. And I'm so thankful that I lost it all because uh, I never would have been able to take it with me. And what I gained was eternally significant. I gained a a deeper relationship um, with the Lord, a, a deeper faith. And I also gained a family. Like I, God prepared me in that season to be a father and a husband. I met my now wife, Ashley, who had two kids from a previous marriage. Uh, we have our third child now, Olivia, uh, that we had together. And I think God had to do some things in me before he could do some things with me. So he repositioned me. Um, but we Let started- me, Can I our, ask you a question about yeah. that before you tell us? Please. How did you, or what do you contribute the idea during that period of not one, turning into the victim mindset and two, turning into pointing the blame and, and becoming bitter at the, at the company for firing you, at the employee, whatever the case may be, because it, you're not able to rebound and build and continue to grow and serve others if you embrace those two mentalities. And so I'm curious from you, was it something you had to go through? Was it something that wasn't an option or was it something people alongside you helped deter that? Well, yeah, I would love to say like, Jake, here's what I did. These were the three yeah. steps. Um, uh, first off, I was the victim for a long time. Um, I did complain for a long time. Uh, I had good people around me. So that was one. And um, I had God's grace, but, but the good people around me showed me God's grace. And specifically, I had a mentor by the name of Tim Bohannon who asked me a really powerful question. Tim was kind of the guy that took me in, you know, so I was really down and out. My reputation was damaged. Um, I lost a lot of money. I mean, I was, I was really broken when Tim decided to sort of take me in professionally. He gave me an opportunity in his organization. He's like, Hey, you know, you, you can come work here and I'll, and I'll work with you. I'll help you get back on your feet. Did he and ever so tell was, you why he took that chance on you? Um, I think later on he did. You know, I think he, yeah, he would say things like, hey, I believe in you and, and I want to help you. Um, he never asked me for anything in return. Like still to this day, Jake, I, I left his organization. I mean, he literally invested, I, I mean, thousands of hours. He gave me staff, office space, uh, money. I mean, it was crazy how generous he was. Never asked me for anything in return. Um, 
I think Tim, and I, I'll, I'll be careful that I say this, but I, I think he felt like um, people did that for him. Like, I, I feel like, and I'm not, not in that same way, but I, I feel like Tim is a, is a giver. He's generous and he knows where the good gifts come from. Um, he's a person of faith. And I, I think he just felt like it was the right thing to do. And I'm, I'm working really hard to pay that forward. I'll never be able to repay him for what he did for me, but I want to pay that forward to other people. And, uh, but yeah, but he asked me this question here. Here's the question that really got me out of the victim mentality. The question that we all need to ask. And I think it's one of life's most important questions. Here's the question. The question is what part of the problem is me? And it's a really hard question to ask. And it's an even harder question to answer. Uh, but when you go through something difficult in your marriage, with your kids, in your business, um, in relationships, there's always two sides. And whether you're 1% of the problem or you're 99% of the problem, you are some part of the problem. And I love to ask people that question because the average person's like, oh, no, dude, I am not a part of the problem. Like that was, oh, uh, you don't understand. This guy was terrible. This dude he wronged me. And it's like, Hey, look, I, I get that. Like, I get that you're upset. Maybe they were wrong. Maybe they did do things that were awful to you. And, but like, is there anything you could have done in your journey to better prepare for that situation? Any misstep, any, anything that God wants you to learn? Like, is there anything that, that you're learning as a result of that? So Tim challenged me with that really powerful question. What part of the problem is me? And that was the day that I started working on recovery and getting back on my feet. Up to that point, I was too busy pointing the finger, placing blame, and playing the victim. And so you start the road to recovery back. Tim invested in you. You start at this point, I know you were in financial services. Was it another financial services business before you jumped into consulting and coaching? It was. So to be clear, I got fired from my job. The same firm took me back, but in a different location. So the guy that I was working with, you know, obviously it wasn't going to work for us to continue to work together because he made that decision to let me go. But then Tim inside the same firm kind of picked me up inside of another location. Then I worked for him for about two years, but it was in that season. I really started to think about my gifts and the way that I was wired and what was giving me energy and life. And um, I needed, before I stepped into coaching other people, I needed to work on myself. So Tim really gave me two years to work on myself. I was still doing financial planning. I started at that time, uh, like a side business and consulting. I never planned to go full-time, Jake. Um, it was the craziest thing. I started it and doors just started to open and opportunities started to arise. And all of a sudden we had a full-blown business. But here, here's the crazy thing. I, I'll just, I want to point this out. The minute that I decided to own my story is when we had significant opportunity. So for a long time, even the first six months of the business, I, I would sometimes say stuff like, um, yeah, I got let go or, you know, or I, um, I moved on. I would never say I got fired. In the first six months, things were growing very rapidly. But the minute I said, no, I got fired. I failed. Um, this is my story. Let me help you. Like when I started to get vulnerable about who I was and what I had been through, our business went like through the roof. And there's something to be said about vulnerability. You know, people, people can be impressed with your strengths, but they connect to you through your weakness. And you want to connect with people and um, live life on mission. I think you start to own your story and, and be vulnerable. Well, and that, that builds one of the foundations. I know something you're passionate about, about building trust with others. You can't build trust if you've got a wall up. 
Yeah, people want to see the real you, right? We live in such a fake world. Isn't it refreshing when you're when you hear somebody say like, "Dude, I suck at this," or, "Man, I've made some I made some big mistakes." Like, can I just share with you? Like, I've got this hurt in my life, or I've got some pain. There and there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. I'm not suggesting you just go broadcast that to the world. <laughs> But when it's appropriate and in the right setting to just level set with people and say, dude, I've been through some stuff. It's amazing how it creates connection. You know, like you start, you're like, oh, wow, they get it. They, they're real. Like they understand my pain. They understand my hurt. They're human too. But for whatever reason, we really struggle to do that. Myself included. People can't connect with perfect this thing over and over and over again. So the more so true. you can build that trust and, and show kind of where you struggle as well, the more people can relate. And, and obviously, as, as you've seen in your world, the ability to impact. So we're That's back good. here. So you've been, so you're with Tim for two years. And at this point you kind of side consulting and then doors just start opening. Yeah. Um, craziest thing, man. I, one thing led to another, you know, the, the opportunities got bigger. Uh, they became a lot more frequent. Um, it was just, it was the coolest thing, it, re, new relationships, friendships. Um, and I think I've, I've attempted, I've tried really hard to keep my story at the center because I never want to forget, right? I don't, I don't want to forget what it was like to feel totally and completely broken. And so I've tried to heart to hold on to that. Not in like a, um, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of days I want to like forget that altogether, right? But I think when you stay connected to where you came from, and you stay connected to the people that have helped you, it builds inside of you a different humility, which ultimately is what creates your next opportunity. And so I've got to work at that because it's, it's pretty easy to start feeling good about yourself, right? Like, you know, man, I've got these big deals and I've got, you know, the, the, the audience is getting bigger. And, um, you know, I had, a, I had a mentor tell me one time, he said, you know, Jordan, they're not praising you. They're praising a gift inside of you. And I really needed to hear that. It's like, don't, don't get a big head. Like this has nothing to do with you. Like, actually, they don't even know you. What they're admiring is the gift that you have. They're not admiring you. And I think that's a good lesson for all leaders as we grow. And as we have more influence, just to remember like good gifts come from above. Uh, we were trusted to steward those gifts and uh, we got to remember that. Oh, I want to ask you a question. Something I've heard you talk about before is how you believed in asking for help. And listening to this or probably, you know, hearing so far, man, all these opportunities, everything starts to grow. You know, he had a successful career. Yeah. He got fired, but everything took off again right afterwards. And I think they missed the point of while you were in your lowest point and really while you were climbing, you were willing to put any ego aside you might've had to always ask for help. And I'm curious if that's something from day one, you remember being as a kid, you were never afraid to ask for help or it's something that maybe after that firing, you started to realize I, there's things I don't know. And I just need to start asking for it. Well, I think since I've been a young kid and I'm sure you're the same way, um, I've been curious and you wouldn't have the compete everyday podcast if you weren't curious, yep. right? I wouldn't have my podcast if I wasn't curious. So the root of the questions is a curious spirit. And you have a curious spirit, Jake. Um, I hope I never lose that. Um, but I will say I've not always been great at asking for help. Um, I actually had a good friend who reminded me that that was really important. And he would challenge me. And he, he said, you know, one thing I do every day, Jordan, is I ask for help. Um, Dave Meltzer was the guy 
And he just said, you got to continue to ask for help every day. And I looked at Dave and his success. And I thought, well, if Dave can continue to ask for help every day, I should probably be asking for help every day. And so it was a good reminder, like regardless of how far you've climbed, regardless of how much you know or how much success you've had, we never outgrow the need to ask for help. But there, there's a piece of that that I don't want listeners to miss because I know what you're coming from with that. But how does someone listening think, well, I don't want to be the person that's just always asking others for help. Like, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of being able to help and serve others? Um, no, <laughs> it doesn't. And I'm glad you asked that question. So here's the reality. We're all in this together. We're all learning from each other. Nobody has all the answers. If you want to be the best version of you, it's going to require you to ask for a lot of help. And ultimately, you're the culmination of all the people that have taught you and poured into you anyway. Nobody's self-taught. Nobody's self-made. All the people that you respect and really look up to, they just borrowed a bunch of stuff from other people anyway. Like period, 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 right? Yep. So- who are we to think like, man, I, I just have it all figured out and I don't need to ask. Like, no, you need to ask for help. There's stuff you don't know. Now there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. I, I would encourage people to have a posture of humility and a heart of gratitude. And if you have a posture of humility and a heart of gratitude, it's like, look, Jake, it would mean so much to me if you'd be willing to spend some time with me. I listened to your podcast. I heard you say, you know, two or three things that have really resonated with me. I've been implementing these things in my own life. And I got to tell you, if you would be willing to spend 15 minutes with a guy like me who doesn't know you, who's a raving fan of your podcast, I promise you two things. I'll pay it forward and I'll come prepared. By the way, if it doesn't work for you, I want to give you permission to say no and maybe we'll connect some other time. I can't imagine if you say that to people that you respect that you would get a no. And if you did get a no, there's probably another opportunity down the road if they're too busy where you will have a chance to connect with them. And that, I mean, the way you just positioned that was so beautifully done because most, and I imagine you get the emails too, is, Hey, I'd love to just spend 20 minutes with you. And, and, but what the way you talked is here's what, here's how I support you. I've added value. I add value. I listen to your podcast. I share your podcast. Here's my very specific things that I've implemented that you've already taught. I have two specific questions on those. Can I connect with you to discuss X, Y, and Z? You came with a plan. You had a specific ask. And the cool part is you, you added the value on the upfront. And I'm sure you're going to add the value on the back end versus, Hey, can I just have 20 minutes of your time? We have a aimless conversation and then I don't go and implement anything that we just talked about. Yeah, I think on the person on the other end, so put yourself in that position, right? Whoever you are, wherever you're at in your journey, right? Um, if somebody asks you for time, you probably want to know that they're going to do something with whatever time you give them or whatever advice you give them. Right? Like I'm more willing to spend time with someone if I know, hey, this is a person who takes action. They're going to go do something with whatever we talk about. Um, and I also want to spend time with somebody who understands the art of paying it forward. Like they're, they're like, hey, I want to go help other people. You know, So if you have a, a heart, a posture of humility and a heart of gratitude, you will naturally end up in more of those conversations. But what do we do? All too often we say stuff like, hey, can I pick your brain? Hey, can I snag 20 minutes? Um, and it's just so unattractive and it's not very thoughtful and you might get the time, but even if you do get the time, that person's probably not very excited to spend it with you. Yeah. So looking at where you are now, man, you've got your hands in so much stuff. When did you make the shift from consulting and coaching to really, I mean, full-time keynote speaker, you're coaching, you're working with athletic organizations, you're working with fortune 500 companies. 
when did that kind of growth switch to say, this is where I'm meant to serve and this is where I'm going to go all in serving? Yeah. You know, I think, um, I've had to work hard, Jake, at keeping an, an open hand. Um, I wish I could put my finger on a moment where I was like, like we, we've kind of yet to have that eureka moment. We've had a, we've had a bunch of really cool moments. Um, I mean, I've had a bunch of really cool moments, like uh, friends who have decided to speak a word over me or somebody who's been kind enough to make an introduction that's changed our business. But I haven't had this like divine moment. I haven't had a moment where I'm like, wow, everything changed. Um, and I want to be careful that I say that. But what's interesting is when you look back over a period of time, you realize everything's changed. And I think it has to do with taking consistent action. It's long obedience in the same direction. And it's picking up your cross every day and say, like, I'm going to do something with the things that God, you know, God gave me. Um, I'm going to go do something today and I'm going to win today. Tomorrow's not promised. Yesterday's gone. I'm going to live into the next 12 hours that I've been given. And I'm going to go do something with the day in front of me. And then you look back and you go, wow, like my life's really kind of started to change. Um, but when you, when you look at somebody who's had success, it took them time. Somebody who stored up, you know, a, a lot of wealth. Okay. It took them time to create wealth. Somebody who has great influence. It took them a ton of time to obtain that influence. And we just have to remember that time, consistent action in time are two really important factors. Well, and that, that's why I wanted to ask you that question is because rarely is there a, a magic tipping point. And I used to, my first five, six years in business looked for that tipping point of like, what do we need? How do we need to keep showing up? What do we need to do? When are we going to hit this eureka moment? And looking back, you know, 10 and a half years in, it, it's just a bunch of little bitty ones that keep stacking on top of each other. Just as you just talked about, just as our mutual friend Ben Newman talked about on the show of, of his first, you know, college speaking of him sending notes to Nick Saban and, and just showing up and everybody sees what he does now and they don't realize like where it started. And it's just all these little things that over time you get a snapshot of exactly where they are and they think, what's the one thing they did to get there? And don't realize it was thousands of little bitty things that they did. And you're only seeing a glimpse of it. Man, that's so true, Jake. And it makes me think about that mantra that people overestimate what they can accomplish in a year and they underestimate what they can accomplish in a decade. Easy. So it takes time, uh, but with consistent action and time. I mean, I look at what you've built, right? You've got this great following on social media. You have a podcast that's highly recognized with great guests. I feel so fortunate to even have this opportunity to have a conversation with you. Um, and, and yeah, it took you time, right? Like there's a lot of little things that led up to this moment. And I think eventually we look back on the journey. I hope this is true. I hope someday if I'm fortunate enough, by God's grace, if I get to the point where I'm old and gray haired and wrinkled and you know, I'm, I'm laying and I don't know, wherever I'm laying at that time and I'm in my, you know, way, way late in life. I hope I can look back and say, it was that conversation with Jake. It was that connection with this person. Uh, it was that moment. But the reality is we just don't know because we still have a lot of life to live or so we hope, right? Yep. I hope that God's not done with me. I hope that's the case. Well, and, and that key line, I hope God's not done with me. The fact of believing that, I believe that God's not done with me could be the pivotal change that, I mean, someone listening to this, it, it could be what changes everything. Because when you're in, when you're laid off from a job and, or some, you know, you're, 
almost bankrupt and everything's going wrong and you believe this is the end, you kind of give up your body language, your self-talk, everything just goes down the gutter versus reframing and having the situation. Well, if this is rock bottom, God's not done with me yet. Completely changes just how you show up, like you said, every single day. And you might not get as much done as you thought in a year, but over the course of 10 years, what can you accomplish if you keep showing up every day? Well, I think there's um, something to be said about the title of your podcast, right? And, and maybe I'll just tell you the question, Jake. Um, when you thought about compete every day, what, what does that mean to you? Like why, why, why compete every day? Yeah. Uh, beauty of competition is you're not always going to win, but it's the only way you actually find out what you're capable of because in the times you fall short, you start to see where's the gap and what can I do to bridge that gap? And so for me, being a scrawny small kid in East Texas, as you know, being a, you know, a smaller town kid growing up, Friday night lights, football was everything. And I didn't have the six, four size that, you know, NFL quarterbacks that played ahead of me had. And so I had to outcompete you. I had to outsmart you. I had to outwork you. I had to figure out where I fell short and bridge the gap. And so for me, that that's the mentality is some days you're going to win. Those are awesome. There's a lot more days that you might not. Are you still willing to show up and give your best? And for me, from a faith perspective, it's the idea that I've been blessed with this one life. Why would I waste it and not pursue that purpose? Why would I, I, I sacrifice the gifts God, I've give, God has given me to settle for something less than what he's intended? And so I wake up every day, good or bad. How can I compete to fulfill that potential? How can I compete to see what I was actually capable of instead of what I'm comfortable doing? Come on, man. That is so good. I hope everybody, I know this is your show, but I hope everybody rewinds that last minute and just, and you go back and just listen to that again, because that was gold. Um, and I, I want to say this to somebody too, that's hurting. Cause there's somebody listening. I don't know who you are. You're driving down the road right now and you're listening to this podcast and you're broken and you're down and out. And I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe this is meant for one person. Um, but I want you to hear this, that God's not done with you. And I also want you to hear this, that sometimes God's preparation is packaged as pain. So whatever you're dealing with right now, the, the pain that you've got in your life, there, there's, there's probably a purpose for it. And there's something on the other side. And you got to keep competing just like Jake told you to keep competing. So um, Jake, that was awesome, man. I, hey, I got better today. That was really good. I thank you for sharing that. Dude, you, you've been an encouragement on the show. I'm assuming you are. You're familiar with Donald Miller, right? I am. Okay. So his book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years, was the catalyst for me starting the company. It was the, man, I'm living a pretty crappy story. And I went to his conference storyline at the time, well before he launched the story brand uh, business that they do now. But Storyline was all about writing the better life story based on the book. And what you just talked about uh, of not being done with you yet, I couldn't help but immediately recall the story of Joseph and how, you know, has the dream, he's going to be king, rises up, brothers are like, nope, we're going to toss you in a well, sold into slavery, works his way to the top, accused of rape, thrown down into prison, works his way back up to the top. And Miller kept talking about just the, the phrase, but God, and, and the mentality of, of the individual is my story's not over yet. And the key, yeah. how we use self-talk and how we use that word yet. And so I keep thinking about that and, and that from a personal standpoint over, man, you know how business is, it's a roller coaster some days. And so on the toughest days, it's the reminder that the story is not over yet. And even on the best days, it's like, man, this is awesome. I'm grateful for it, but we're not done yet. And, and so continuing that person that, that's struggling, that's feeling like, man, they're at the edge of their story. 
start reminding yourself that the story is not over yet and just worry about today. Like you said, the past is behind, future is unwritten. What can we control is what we do today. And, and, and you can't have a testimony without a trial. Nobody wants to listen to the story of the person that, that, that always had it easy. You know, I mean, there's, there's a, there's a valley season in every good story. So um, you might be in the middle of that valley season, but there's another chapter to write. So go write it. Absolutely. Man, Jordan, this conversation has been such an encouragement. Where can our listeners get connected, follow you, or for those of my clients that are listening to the show that need a new speaker for 2022, where can they find out more about your work? Yeah. Uh, first off, Instagram is probably where we're most active. So follow us on Instagram, send me a direct message. I'd love to connect with you. Anybody listening, I, I will respond to every message that comes out our way. So uh, whether you have a question, whether you want to get connected more formally, um, yeah, let us know. We have coaching programs. We'd love to engage with you that way. Montgomerycompanies.com is our website. And you can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn. We're active on Twitter, all the social media channels. Uh, we would love to engage with anybody listening. If we can be of service to you or impact you, uh, would, would love to be helpful. Love it, man. Thank you for investing some time and hanging out with us today. Hey, Jake, thank you for being you. Thanks for the show. Thanks for all the good news that you're putting out into the world. Man, I'm looking forward to a longtime friendship and uh, connecting with you, hanging out for many years to come. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with the team, drop us an email to podcast at competeeveryday.com. And to find out more about our resources, content, and gear that will help you build that winning mindset so you better compete for your best life, visit competeeveryday.com.